Welcome to We Like That Podcast. Because we like that. Take 97. Yeah. Welcome back. Welcome back. I forgot the name of the podcast. It's We Like we That like Podcast. We Like That Podcast. Welcome back. And now for That Happened with Joe. That Happened with Joe. All right, Calvin, I got good news, I got bad news. Which one you want first? I don't care. But I don't care. So you got to pick one then if you don't care. Good news. All right. Good news is it seems like Lizzo won a humanitarian award recently. Did she rape somebody? She, no, she didn't rape anybody, but they're alleging that she like was she touching was wasn't she touching booty holes and vaginas? No, she wasn't. But apparently, she might have. Or sticking bananas in places that shouldn't be. She wasn't doing that, but she was apparently allegedly. Was she her she, her dancers were alleging that she was making them look at it? Was she looking to sweat off some of her dancers' belly buttons or some, or taking shots and drinking beer off their chest and bellies or something like that? Nope. Okay. So none of those. Um, but she was being sued by three dancers or former dancers. Uh, they were alleging a lot of different things and threw a lot of tizzy into the works for a while. This was months ago. Um, recently she won a Quincy, I think it's Quincy Jones award, humanitarian award. And people got confused. That's what we're calling humanitarian awards. Quincy Jones awards. Well, no, it's, it's his award. He has a humanitarian award that he issues. Oh, and she won it. I don't, I don't know new. what the requirements are, but she won it. Um, so it threw a lot of confusion into the mix because... Why? A bunch of her big girl dancers, that's what she calls her dancers, big girls. A bunch of her big girl dancers came on stage to present the award to her, and people were like, confusion. Because the rumor mill had been like her dancers were all in upheaval, and all of this terrible stuff was happening. But then you had all of these girls come up and like stand by her and be like, we really appreciate her for what she does, yada, yada, yada. Well, those are the ones who like to get licked. So then her makes sense. her former stylist drops a, a lawsuit against her. Also, same day, alleging inappropriate behavior. It's confusion. Uh, well, maybe those big girls were told to be up there or they get fired. Who knows? The the lawsuit stuff always confuses Allegedly, me. possibly, maybe. One, we may never know like what the action, if it was real or not. A lot of these get settled outside of court so you'd never know also she is a celebrity so it i mean they tend to get attacked people are like you got the money fight me so i it's very interesting so that's what's going on with lizzo um yay lizzo i guess did you know tubi is owned by the same studios that owns fox news makes sense that's what a lot of people are saying. They're like, look at the black movies that are on there that are predominantly on there. They seem to stereotype a lot of black experience in a lot of these films. I feel a way about that, though. The buffoonery? That's, that's what some people are saying. Like, yeah. It's a lot of buffoonery. It's a yeah. lot of <sighs> jiving. Um, here's my thing, though. It's also adding a lot of exposure. So I wonder if part of it is purposeful like they're trying to create a further narrative of like look how crazy the black people are but i also feel like it backfires because it's also providing a lot of exposure to smaller independent film studios first of all if you're a black person who think white people sitting there watching geechee one productions and a detroit production <laughs> you're sadly first mistaken geechee one productions is amazing okay you're, you're first of all highly wrong First of all, the storytelling. let's just stop this the nonsense that we're fantastic. thinking 
that white people are going here watching this stuff. They're not. They're, supposedly the discussion Hell, is Hell, black folks ain't even really watching that stuff. Actually, black folks are watching it a lot. That's why it's so popular. But To make fun of it. Yes, but that's exactly it, to make fun of it. So the, the conversation is that so, there might be a agenda to push black buffoonery to like the surface or to the mainstream so that it's just common for people to equivocate black film with jokes nonstop. Everything is not a conspiracy. <laughs> Can we stop this nonsense? I mean, on the one hand, yes, everything is not a conspiracy. But on the, on the all, other hand... We was all fine a minute ago until we found out Fox owns this thing. Well, but also black movies, black independent films on Tubi are wild. They okay. are wild. Once again, how many think how many times do you think white people are going to those black experience? Black indie movies. Yeah. It's just really funny to me. So but I also wonder how how beneficial this if the plan if there was a conspiracy that, that actually was there to, to push whatever this narrative is. I feel like there's a backlash to it or it's not working the way they intended because now more than ever people are very cognizant of it. First of all, it's not going to work because the people you want to watch it aren't going to watch it. So I don't understand the point. The point is just to saturate mainstream uh, consciousness with the fact that black film is not going to be good, basically. No one's watching it other than black folks. But that's what they don't have to watch it physically. They just have to have the knowledge that it's not going to be worth their time, basically. And if they keep that knowledge, it keeps the standard that like it's not worth it to invest in black film. I don't watch... All the, the white Christmassy things, holiday things they have on there. I don't watch any of them. Right. Don't care. That's what some people, other people were saying. They're like, you know how much white nonsense is on TV? Yeah. <laughs> so let's just let yeah. it go. She's like, I don't know anybody who's banging down the door to watch a it's 1970s TV show. how we pick wrong fights. I don't know that it's necessarily wrong. I think people just became aware that Fox Studios owns it. And they were like, wait. Then don't watch what? Tubi. And just don't use it. I love Tubi. Tubi's great. Okay. Whatever. Whatever. <laughs> um, and honestly, that's really all I got for Dad Happen, unless you had something else. Uh, of course not. Okay. Uh, is, oh, did you hear about Nicki Minaj and her hubby being under house arrest right now? This is your segment. Um, Yeah. Apparently, they were trying to get money from some of one of the Migos or something like that. What? I don't hear that story. Sir, apparently, one of the Migos, don't know what offset, I think, owes supposedly owes Nicki Minaj money and her husband is trying to get it. And he like 60? I don't know. Supposedly? I have no idea. I don't know. Apparently, I just know she knew him way back when. I know he got a case and I remember they had baby mama drama for a long time. So that's the story. I'm that talking I've about seen the threats her husband threw at Safari who's currently engaged to, uh, what's her face? Don't know anything about that. Interessante. The, uh, oh, um, Amara La, La Negra. So Safari is Nicki Minaj's ex. Sure. He's engaged to Amara La Negra. You know who that is. Uh, she was on uh, Love and Hip Hop. Puerto Rican girl. She's not, I don't, not Puerto Rican. I think Dominican. Dominican Republic girl. She's the one you said looks like a black Barbie. She doesn't look like she's real. That's what I remember. Yes. <laughs> I remember. She's leading a dance show uh, for Dominican TV. Don't care. I love it. Good for you. It's giving Salvador Sunday. Anyway, so. Salvador Gigante. Salvador Gigante. Salvador Gigante. The greatest show ever. So anyway, but yeah, but uh, her, Nicki Minaj's husband apparently threw threats Safari's way. Mind sure. you, he's on probation, so now Good he's on him. house arrest because he threw threats at Safari. Great for him. Safari. Well, at least you know where he is at all times. 
So he can pretend it's COVID outside. He has to be inside. I'm so, confused. Great. I have a lot of confusion. And two, if my wife was Nick Minaj, I'd do the same thing too just to be on house arrest. I don't have to go nowhere. I could just spend money in the house and just buy stuff. <laughs> Whoops. Yeah, I can't leave again. I don't know what happened. Yeah. Well, That's insane. Can I get this? Uh, I need another PlayStation it. 5. Dang it. Can't get, a, can't get another job. Dang it. Can't go get a, Can't go out there and try for that. Uh, I would love to. The lowest jobs. Yeah, for that probation. You know they don't hire ex-felons. You know they don't. Dang, that it. Oh, that is gosh darn up. it. Gee willikers. Messed up, messed up. But all right, that's it. That's all I got for that happened. That happened with Joe. Woo-hoo. Was brought to you by the letter C and the number two. What? Oh, the alphabet people thing? Also, the show. Oh, one more thing. There's new episodes of Love is Blind. If you keep. Sure. What? <laughs> I'm saying I'm done and then I have another thing. Yes. Too late. There's an, I have to put it in here because you won't watch a show with me. So there won't be a breakdown. Because Love is Blind and these idiots just get all in their minds. <laughs> That's idiots. what it's. Yes. There's new episodes of Love, uh, Love is Blind on Netflix. A new season has aired and it is juicy. It is yum yum delicious. It's not really juicy. It's so good. It's, it's the so, same. The twists and turns on the show are you gonna, I was not prepared for. Are you going to talk about it? Yeah, yeah, well, so I watched the first, I think the first five episodes dropped of the 10 episode series. So basically, we got to know a lot of the people in the pods. We got to see who coupled up with who. We got to see who broke whose heart. We got to see people who had pass before the pods, who happened to be in a show together. Messy, 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 messy. So if you don't know, two ex-couples, well, two, no, people, one, who were, two people who couple. were dating are in the pod now. And now they're telling the other people that they're dating. That I'm trying to get names. They're Uche. 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 No. What? His name is Uche. Okay. He's African. Okay. I don't know why he's a, a, a Hispanic voice for African, but that's crazy. That's um, crazy. His name's Uche. Uche Walla Walla Uche Bang Bang. That's his oh, full name. Oh, four episodes, I guess? Yeah, that's his full name. Uh, the girl name is, she's, uh, she lets you know she's Puerto Rico. Repeatedly. Lydia. And she can't be uh, held or she can't be. I don't know what you're talking about, Carly. She can't be responsible for what happens because of her Puerto Rican or his Hispanic uh, heritage. So if she goes crazy, that's what's supposed to happen because she's Hispanic. So what? she can't be. You can't be mad at her. That's how she was born. That's her nature. Because something's wrong with her. She's touched. What? And not by God. That's all I'm going to say about what that. What is happening, Calvin? Why are you talking like this? So our couples are Stacy and Izzy. We've got Lydia and... It's called Filler. Oh, what is the guy she's... Uchi. No. Uchi. Lydia's a Puerto Rican girl who goes with the young guy. What's his name? I don't know that weird face looking dude. Calvin. The nerd that likes rocks. She's a nerd who likes rocks. Point and, is, and guess what? It's the, not going to work. The couples are all over the place. The point is the couples are all over the place. But what I will say is that I was a lot more invested in these couples than I was in the previous season. So Love is Blind season four. Some of the couples I could have left I didn't care about. But they did a, the show does a pretty good job this season of A, minimizing Nick Lachey and Vanessa's interactions with them. Fantastic. Worst couple on the planet. But it also like goes to great lengths to show them eating, drinking, and sleeping, which is huge allegations that Netflix was facing uh, in terms of lawsuits. 
That's what happens when you get sued. You make sure you put everything on TV that they you're really feeding did. People. They were like, "Look, y'all, they making breakfast. We got snack packs in every room. They getting waters. They getting sodas. <laughs> it's not just alcohol. Like they went out their way to show all of this, and then we get to see the couples. My favorite couple on here. I hope they don't explode. But my favorite couple on here is the firefighter who loves red, white, and blue. He wears red, white, and blue everything all day, every day, and he meets up with a kindergarten teacher. Uh, I hope his heart get destroyed. I think it's JP and Taylor, and he, they seem so sweet. JP is like you. He's pretty, well, you guys don't know this, but Calvin in real life doesn't no talk a whole lot. No one likes me. He doesn't talk a whole lot. So JP's kind of reserved. He's a little quiet. Like, he'll hold a conversation, but he, do, he's, he doesn't feel a need to fill in silence gaps or anything. But Taylor is the exact opposite. She needs, like, that constant sound kind of situation. Hopefully they implode. That would be the best part of the show. They talk. They, like, get to know each other on deeper levels. They immediately say I love you to each other. And they're the first couple that we see on Netflix that propose and accept. I hope they make it. They seem very cute. But already there's there's stuff in the water about what might happen once they get there. So we have those two. We got Lydia and I cannot remember this poor man's name. Save my life. Her young buck, this guy is 24, and at first she was like, no, miss me with that. Even though he loved rocks like she loves rocks, who's a geologist. Instead, she liked Izzy, but Izzy was torn between two girls. We got Johnny, and we got, I think her name is Stacy. And then he told her, look here, chick, I don't want you. So now she's going <laughs> to go after the guy who wants her. So he, it was between, I think her name is Stacy, and Johnny. Johnny revealed to Izzy that she was in relationships where she didn't fully love the other person she was with. She was married before and got a divorce because she was with somebody who essentially was a rebound. Does she love crackheads? <sighs> she was, she says the only oh, love... Meth addicts? The only person she said that she was ever in love with was somebody who struggled with addiction and who died of an overdose. Um, but she says that that happened a while I ago. about that. She said that happened a while ago. And she's ready now to, like, really be in it and go for what she wants and be with somebody she actually has feelings for. But Homeboy is triggered when she says all of that. Because apparently he had to deal with a toxic ex and some of the stuff that she's saying. It's, it's reading to him, like, similar to his ex. And he's like, I can't, I can't do all of that. So he chooses. No one wants to be with somebody that's going to wear their skin if they break up with them. The thing is, she had somebody who adored her. She was talking to this guy named Chris who was... Li- he fits a nice guy archetype. And she was like, essentially, she was like, he's too boring. <laughs> She's like, he's too safe. He's too boring. I know exactly what to look for in that type of relationship. I was in a similar relationship to this, and it didn't go well. But when Izzy rejects her, all of a sudden, she's like, well, maybe, Chris. So he goes, let my love adore you. And she went, no, thank you. No, well, I, w- I thought Chris was going to cave. I thought when she came back to Chris and was like, I know I said this, but what I really meant was this. And I think we should try. And he was like really like you and then he surprised me and was like i gotta choose myself i gotta cho- make sure i'm with somebody who's going to choose me first I was like oh okay chris All oh right. he doesn't like to be second fiddle huh, huh. I th- well we also Go find fig. out that when the guys are talking the story the, the story that johnny gave izzy is not the story that she gave chris and though and they compare notes so it's a thing um, well, women won't have to worry about that if I was in a pod because I do not compare notes with dudes. Then we got Uchi and Aaliyah. Huchi? And Uchi. Uchi? His name is Uchi? Uchi. U-C-H-E. Uchi. 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 No. 
Anyway, the point is, we have another couple where at first it looks like it's going to... It looks the like... The E in African makes the H sound. The the E in... In yeah. what language, Calvin? The E in African... You know Africa's a, con- a continent. Yeah. But the I e think he's numbly, Nigerian. Okay, yeah. And the E in Nigerian makes an H sound. So, so, so if I said he was Sudanese, you'd say the same thing? No. Okay. <laughs> Sudanese, anyway. that's a whole different dialect of... Ugh. Interesting. Ugh. Interesting. Ugh. Interesting. Or that's I said he was from sound. Cameroon, you'd say the same thing? No, Cameroon, he has too big of a head to be a Cameroon. Cameroon people have big heads you and small bodies. Okay, I took it an Ancestry DNA test. Some some of that comes from Cameroon. Exactly. Like I said, Cameroon people have I big have heads big head. and small bodies. You just said he has a big head. Make it make yeah. it make it make sense. He's Nigerian. Anyway, point is he was talking to a girl named Aaliyah in the pods and he they seemed to really voice. click until they got to the question of like, have you ever cheated in a relationship? Aaliyah, to her credit, was very open and honest about it. She was like, Yeah, unfortunately I was in a situation or I was in a long term relationship. My needs weren't being met, and I did step out on my partner. You know, it was a very selfish act of mine. Which is a sign that yada, yada, yada. she should not be with her because Uchi she will do the same thing again. drills down on her and is asking, like, who, wit, when, where, how. And he's, like, very upset by it. And she's feeling very attacked by all of what he's saying because he does not let up. He's just like, why didn't you do this or do that? Or why would you go there and do this? And then he, like, posits. That if she did it before, she'll do it again. And she's like, whoa, 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 whoa. But they come to a consensus. Like, he comes back and apologizes for his reaction and kind of gives her, like, why he went there. He talks about how he has trouble trusting people. And she decides, okay. Then we find out another truth bomb is that this entire time, his ex is also doing the experiment with them. And we find out his ex is Lydia, who got really close to Aaliyah. When Aaliyah got that tear down from him the first time, Aaliyah was the first person to hug her and make sure she felt okay and said all of the right things about how, like, he's dealing with his own demons, he needs to come correct, he needs to do whatever, whatever. We find out Lydia and Uche dated for a while and only broke up three months ago. So her and Uwe got on this show very fast. I don't know that they got on the show very fast, but they got out of their relationship very recently. Um, but Ushi asked her to keep it a secret because it would have tainted the rest of his experiment experience had, means, if, there was an, if there was knowledge that he had an ex also in the pod. Which means Uwe has a horrible personality. I don't know. Anyways, but, so, but he speaks very highly of his ex. She speaks very highly of him. But it makes sense when they you, they were doing a lot of close-ups of Lydia's reactions to what Aaliyah was telling her about what's happening in the pods. Specifically, there's an instance where Aaliyah goes and cuddles up with Lydia on the couch. And she talks about how, like, Uche is saying really good things. How he can see her in his life. How he can't wait to be with her. He wants to choose her to get married. He wakes up every day wanting to see her first. And you see Lydia's face crumbling. Like, she's holding back tears but trying not to cry. And at first I was like, maybe she's just upset because she just got rejected from Izzy. Izzy was one of her first that she really wanted. And he was like, I don't feel the same way. But that it starts to click that, no, she's fresh out of the relationship with this dude. It's messy. So it's messy. Thank you for the update for Love is Blind <laughs> in summary. Did not know we were going to go that in depth. Listen, it's so good. It's uh, so good. Right could have now. made this your own little segment it's so good right now so what we're gonna do we're gonna make this a segment for her 
instead of doing uh that what you do we we like that um yep exactly Calvin pays that um, much attention to a podcast we do together so but um, basically yeah um that happened you can do lovers blind that happened sure so but basically i'm excited about this season i can't wait to see what happens after everybody gets proposed to when they go on this honeymoon and how quickly it's going to dissolve because i cannot wait so that happened next week will be that happened lovers blind recap yep gotcha Do you like that? Because we like that. Listen to us on all podcast platforms, especially Spotify. Interact. Do all the things. Because you know we like that. Nani, day, fiance. Hey, hey. Didn't you have a different song for this? I don't remember my song, Siobhan. Okay. I'm an artist. Okay. Just don't put me in a box. I don't, okay. It's impossible. I don't know what you're anyway, 90 Day Fiance, we finally, finally got to the last episode of this latest season of 90 Day Fiance before the 90 days. Thank hogs and gods. Goodness gracious, it was a drag to get to this finish line. And now there's still a tell-all. Do you think there's going to be more than one part to this tell-all? It has to be because there's so much lies. It's going to at least take two, t- two episodes to tell all the lies. <sighs> okay, so you want to talk about Jasmine and Gino? Knock them out first, as always. Jasmine and Gino, yes. Uh, so in case you don't remember, Gino's left Panama. Uh, he's back in Detroit, Michigan, somewhere. He's in G- back in Michigan. Just say Michigan. Michigan. Thank you. Um, and he is hyped because Jasmine finally has her appointment with the U.S. Embassy in Panama to get an interview done for her K-1 visa. He's there at his house with his cousin, and they are setting up all kinds of celebration stuff so that when Jasmine... And Neville comes back with the good news that her interview was approved. She can see them celebrating Panama flags as well as whatever else they got going on in that place. Um, however, that's not what goes down. So Jasmine is with her sister who gives her this very heartfelt speech about how sad she's going to be when her sister moves. <laughs> that's not her sister making those noises. So, um, so Jasmine's dealing with like how her family and friends are going to miss her terribly. All of them are like, we know you want to be with Gino, but we're also really going to miss you. Um, and then she goes to the embassy and it doesn't go well. Next thing we know, she's standing outside crying. (laughs) Gino, I don't know what happened. We're never going to be together, baby. So we don't even hear that it was necessarily that she was rejected or anything. They just say that there was an issue with her application. So they couldn't proceed with the interview. They also don't tell her a time that she's got to come back. Gino asks if they took her paperwork. In case you don't know, when you're applying for the K-1 visa, you have to come with everything in the kitchen sink to show <laughs> that you're ready for this interview. So they did take her How paperwork you know she that? completed. Because I have to look at some stuff like this. Very akin. So. Um, Continue. <laughs> so they did take her paperwork, which is good. That means it's on file somewhere. But it is also bureaucratic, so it could disappear. But. But we see her in the tell-all in person. So clearly something went through. She got a work permit. I doubt it was a work permit. To come here for a week just to shoot the tell-all and then leave. I doubt it was. If that was the case, you know, why don't they do that for Razvan or anybody else? So the the previews for the tell-all. Because Razvan does all all this thing on the internet. He doesn't need to be here. Jasmine does all her stuff on the internet. That's Jasmine's job as an influencer. She's on the internet. 
That's your words, not hers. Okay, anywho. But, so she's crying, and we're led to believe that this is another hiccup that they faced, but we see her in person at the tell-all for the preview for next week. So that's going on. Who else you want to talk about, Calvin? Raz Vans and Amanda. Okay, what do you remember about Raz and Amanda? Uh, He's still trying to contemplate whether he should be with her. Yep, so it's right after Amanda very shockingly told Razvan that she would like a proposal before she goes back to the States. Granted, the entire trip, they have fought nonstop. She's told him he doesn't need to meet her kids, that he moves too fast when he was talking about visiting her in the States with his tourist visa that he was already approved for. But then all of a sudden she was like, so are we getting engaged? And he was like, what? 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 Huh? So it's after that, she set up a cute little gift for him on the table to woo him, essentially. And they go out to dinner, and it's to have the discussion of whether or not they're actually going to stay together as a couple. Spoiler, they're going to. They're going to stay together as a couple because toxic loves toxic. So she's happy with that. I don't think there's an engagement, though. I don't think he proposes. They just agree to stay together. The only good thing Razvan has been getting out this whole deal is he's been getting hit it. Hit it? Hit it. He's been getting hit it? He's been getting the box. He's been getting the creme de la creme. Goodness gracious. He's been getting the skeet, skeet, skeet. It's, it is so, it's whiplash over there. But she leaves on a happy note. She kisses him goodbye. She's like, we're going to make arrangements so you can come out. You can meet the kids. Yada, yada, blah, blah, blah. And that's really it for them. So he can get some old nano, nano, nano. Nano, nano, nano. Oh, some nana. All right, so you want to talk about Christian and Cleo? You want to talk about Riley Christian and Violet? And or you want to talk Christian about... Christian and Cleo. <laughs> Why Christian and Cleo? Because it's uh, over. It's not over. They didn't break up. They stay together. It's over. They I didn't break said up. it's over. It's over. So with Christian and Cleo, it's right after Cleo has had this conversation with Christian about her worries that he's not going to be faithful once they're back in their long-distance relationship. Whatever. Cleo's trying to get it in her head that it's not over. But it's over. He's going to go home. I think his people's going to get in his head. And because the whole thing of him being a social butterfly is really, I think he took it up another notch since he's been with Cleo, Mm -hmm. my opinion. And the reason I think he did that was to make sure to, I guess, somehow keep his masculinity Mm -hmm. in some type of way, Mm -hmm. weird way, I should say. I would agree with that, except that he's also done that in other relationships. That was a core complaint nah, of his past partners. I think this is different. Okay, but I he's but this, this behavior is, is not new. I don't. I think he's he's extra social now. Like I don't know about extra because he's cause, so when he was first introduced, that was another complaint that he said his partners had was that he was too friendly. With other girls. Well then, looks like he's not going to change and Cleo needs to make a decision. I agree. But she is, she's distraught. She's crying. She's so sad to see him go. And it's layered with her being, you know, unsure about where they stand as a couple, whether or not he's going to be faithful. She talks about her history of staying in relationships far longer than she she should because it happens so rarely that she can find somebody to be with her. So she's like, I, she's not kind of in the mindset of like, yes, it's not perfect, but it's something. And I'd rather have something than nothing, which, you know what? Cleo, you deserve so much better. But anyway, people, this, this whole crying thing is getting on my nerves with these people. Why? Oh. 
You don't it's called emotions. You don't have to cry about everything. It's called emotions. You don't have to cry all the time. But it's always in the same context. It's usually like breaking up or some aspect of the relationship. Like it's in the so same context. What? If you're used to breaking up all the time, you shouldn't have to cry all the time. She's not used to breaking up with Christian all the time. Does she not break up all the time with people? No, she doesn't. That was her whole thing was that she can count on one hand how many relationships she's had. She's a trans woman. And it already comes with all of this other stuff. Then on top of that, she's autistic. And then on top of that, she's trying to find a partner who's going to be okay with Please all of it. stop adding excuses. It's not excuses. People see this package and they're like, this is way too much. And they turn away. That's been her experience. So when she finds somebody who's like, I won't turn away. And it's not the healthiest situation. She's like, I'm just going to make it work. <laughs> I'm going to figure out how to make it work. Because otherwise, I'm going to go back to being alone. I'm so tired of being alone. Anywho, I feel bad for Cleo. She definitely can do much better. Uh, Christian is the worst. Anyway, so that is what's going on with them. Then we've, again, we've got Riley and Violet. We got Statler and Dempsey. We've got Misha and Nicola. Misha and Nicola got engaged. That was my favorite part. So in case you didn't see, Misha and Nicola <laughs> are still in oh, Israel. Man. They're in like a shops area. And Nicola... Drops down on one knee and is like, Misha, will you marry me? And for Misha, this is coming out of nowhere. Because she's like, what is going on? We know he's been thinking about it for the whole trip. And has finally decided that this needs to be the moment for me to propose. He doesn't have a ring. (laughs) But he's at the shops. So he's like, let me ask her. Let me see what she says. At first, Misha is just in shock. And she does not answer him. But then she finally says yes. She says yes. One dude claps. There's one One dude clapping hard. And when the camera pans out, we see him. Look distraught. He just throws his hands in the air because no one else is clapping. He's <laughs> trying to start. You know, one person clap. He's trying to start this massive applause. <laughs> he's like, <laughs> and no one else claps. He's looking around. He's no looking one's around, clapping. And the people are just walking around, shopping, and doing <laughs> stuff. And he's like, oh, now you people want to shop. <laughs> Ten minutes because something's happening now. Oh, now you want people want to shop. You people walking through here all day. Not looking at anything. Now we're too busy to clap. Now we're too busy, now to, we're clap too busy to clap. Now something great is happening in front of us. Now we're too busy to it clap. It was too funny. Oh, now we're trying to get stuff. He was the lone clapper, throws his hands up, and <laughs> just like, fine, no one else clapping, whatever. He also punted a cat. He did not do any of that. Yes, but then Nicola takes Misha to go ring shopping. They go into a little shop to look at rings, and she chooses one she wants to get. I didn't like the shop owner. I didn't like the ring. The shop owner seemed fine. He's kind of aggressive. You need to sit here. And let them reupholster you. I'm like, what? Reupholster you? Yeah, I'm like, repropose? That's what I think you was trying to say. I don't know that you heard any of that correctly. So anyway, the point is, that's exactly what he said. Misha is leaving Israel with a ring and an engagement. Ta-da! She did it. Seven years of dating online, finally together. So that's happening with them. I'm two steps from not having to whack off in my mama's basement anymore. Yay! So crazy. You know, I realized they didn't show Sheila and David at all. Because it's done. That's true. That's true. He went back to the States. That's pretty much it. They wrapped it up. So, Statler and Dempsey or Riley and Violet? Riley and Violet. Violet? Violent. Nothing about her is violent. If you want to talk about violent. Oh, she's a mental mental terrorist. I don't know about mental. Anyway, so. She is too. The nonsense continues with Riley and Violet. Riley is still off of the whole Violet didn't say goodbye to me properly situation. Because you made it weird, sir. 
Very weird. Um, I didn't know if you were trying to get a kiss or land a plane or pray for her <laughs> or do something. I don't know what the hell you were trying to do because it was awkward for me. According to Riley, Violet, shortly after his return to the U.S., broke things off and blocked him, apparently. But what we've learned from this couple is this is normal behavior. They go through stretches where they just stop talking and block each other and then start talking again. And that's exactly what happened. So he hasn't been talking to Violet for a minute. And then apparently Violet recently reached out to him to let him know that she is pregnant and it is his. Riley is having a conundrum with his friend because he's like, I don't know that it's mine. And he throws out this accusation that she could be seeing a bunch of other people again. He says that with the medication he's on, his doctors have told him there's less than 1% chance that he could impregnate anybody. I don't ever think a doctor will tell somebody that. Exactly. Exactly. Unless you're on something that's literally killing your sperm. Exactly. Literally killing your Less sperm. Less than 1% anyway. They usually don't give you that sharp of a statistic to, to follow. They might tell you it's difficult, but they usually rarely give you a full percentage and be like, it's going to be less than 1% for this to happen. 90% of the time, 99% of the time, this works. Again, I want to throw out there, Riley's up there in age, apparently on medication that affects his swimmers. Violet's also older. She's, she's not somebody who's in her 20s. So I, there's a lot of confusion as to why this is coming up right now. And when could, have, could it have happened? Because his whole thing is that Violet was not available to him. He felt very entitled in his visit to her that she should be doing a lot of things for him. Somehow, she didn't say goodbye to him, but she had enough time to lay down with him. I got a lot of questions. I got so many questions. Anyway. Um, squeaky, squeaky. She had enough time to do that. They ended on that note with Riley saying that she's probably cheating. How does he know that this is his kid? Is she actually pregnant? That's where we leave it with that. I was about to say something real messed up. Mm, I bet. I bet. I don't care. Put it past you. Yep. You want to uh, hear what's in my brain? Nope. So that leaves sure. us with Statler okay. and Dempsey. Basically, we just pick up where we left off, which is where Dempsey finally realized that Settler has zero interest in having a kid. Would we pick up with Statler trying to chase after Dempsey and being like, can we talk about this? And Dempsey, rightfully so, being like, what's there to talk about? I want to have kids. You don't want to have kids. Previous conversations was you saying you were open to it. Now you're saying you're not. So if you're not, we're done. Statler backtracks and all of a sudden is like, I'm not open to it in this particular moment. I can't talk about for the future or how that feels. But given my own experiences in this moment right now, I'm not ready for it. But I don't think we should break up. And Dempsey agrees for whatever reason. Not only does Dempsey agree and backs off on the whole kid thing, she also agrees to Statler moving in with her. I don't know how Statler does it, but she passes off ADHD to Dempsey very easily. I don't think it was ADHD. And she just forgets and doesn't pay attention to anything she says. Dempsey's father pointed out that Dempsey tends to be in relationships where she's taken advantage of a lot. That was his big concern with Statler being in the picture and being so codependent was that Dempsey was going to find herself in another situation where she was in a relationship with somebody who was taking complete advantage and possibly control of her. So that implies that when it comes to relationships, Dempsey tends to not have very strict boundaries with a partner. It kind of wavers or she might just give in to the benefit of the partner. But that's where we are with that. So Statler got her way, essentially. She's going to be moving to the UK to move in 
to move into Dempsey's caravan. The the other thing that really got me was Statler going in about how she's going to be sacrificing all of these things to move in with Dempsey. I really feel you can only use that sentiment when you both agreed at the start to do this. You can't push your own plans on somebody, have them concede, have them agree to it, and then be like, do you know what I'm giving up for you to do this? <laughs> My plan that I told you I wanted to do? You know what I'm giving up for you? That's when you just chop somebody in the throat and go to jail. It's, uh, Stetler's like, I'm going to give up my Wi-Fi. UK, the UK has internet. I don't know if she knows this, but we live in 2023. UK has internet. You just have to purchase it in a different way. I don't know if Dempsey has that. Dempsey doesn't even have running water. No, Dempsey doesn't have Wi-Fi. That's why she said that's something that she sacrificed. I know. But, but you, that's not really a sacrifice. But you can buy it, is what I'm saying. You can and, go get a router. It's not hard. And what I'm saying to you is that's not really a sacrifice. <laughs> I agree. So I agree. But she's like, I, but she basically like is saying, is. I'm giving up a lot of, oh, what do they call them? Like nice things, amenities. I'm giving up a lot of amenities to be with Dempsey. And it's like, this was your plan. You off cuff were like, ah, my lease you is up. I'm going to move give here. Up anything you voluntarily are leaving Throw away everything to go over there so yes, that was voluntarily it's done. not a sacrifice so it's not sacrificing Crazy. sacrifice is something that you do out of the kindness of your own heart you don't voluntarily do it and then call it a sacrifice agreed okay it's something that you has to be done that you need need no needs to be done and you do it right because it's taking, a, it's very, a, it's putting you in, in some type of hardship. Right. You voluntarily. Put yourself in a hardship. <laughs> Why uh, you You voluntarily it? making yourself available to live with somebody else. It's ha- not sacrifice. Haphazardly is not a sacrifice. You putting yourself in this own predicament is not a sacrifice. No, it really isn't. It really is not. It's not a situation where Statler or where Dempsey was like. I need you to move in with me for us to be together for this to go out the, to to go long haul. I need you to be with me. That's not what happened. Anyway. I need money, sucker. So, oh, but then we see the previews for the tell all. I I am crossing my fingers. This is going to be a one part tell all, but we know it's going to be two. We know it's going to be two parts. This tell all is about to destroy. It is lives. ghetto as heck. Ghetto as heck. It's going to be really good because it's going to be messy, beyond messy. What I love. I is- don't think violence pregnant. I don't think Violet's pregnant either. She's older. I think that dude, Christian, cheated on Cleo as Cle- soon as he got on the, the plane. <laughs> Not even back to the States. On the plane. Well, he did have that plane story about hitting on teenagers. On so the there plane. was that. Which leads me to believe, I guess his uh, thing is over now. Because I'm pretty sure if you do something on a flight, you cannot fly for a little bit. Well... I don't, actually, I don't know. Because his face he, is on something. He did get told. He did get told to go back to his seat, but they didn't kick him off the flight. So I don't know. Whatever. Anywho, um, but I just like it because with the tell-alls, you get all the messy couples together, and they all feel righteous I in their morals, <laughs> and they the all tell the other couples what they're doing wrong. It's just so funny. The only one that's probably gonna be together. Even though I think they're gonna have they're, they're gonna have a hard, really hard time at the tell all because of her kids mm-hmm. 
It's Michelle. Misha. Misha. You don't think Jasmine and Gina are still together? Who cares? <laughs> they break up the makeup, so I don't, yeah. who cares? Well, I well I agree with you. With Misha and Nicola, Nicola's still in Israel, so he's not even stateside. So, so yeah, yeah. I think, I think Amanda and Razvan are still together. I my money was that they broke up, that Amanda broke up with him, but I think they're still together. Whatever. Because he's a glutton for punishment. In the previews, you see Razvan going in on Christian and being like, why were you flirting with all these, <laughs> all these girls on your trip to go see Cleo? What was that about? First of all, Razvan. And you got Riley added to the mix being like, Christian, come Razvan on. Razvan sounds like Borat. I love that. I love that. You know, they love should, that for him. should not do that. Also, we watched his country music videos. It was, you know what? He can hold it to him. Whatever. Also, I don't know what words Calvin's saying. So, but the the previews for the tell-all look messy as heck. Can't wait. You have Sean, who's usually the host for these tell-alls, straight up asking Violet, are you pregnant right now? What's going on? She can't get her any other gig but this gig. I don't think they'll let her host anything else. <laughs> That's she's an actress, thing. actually. She's in a BET series. A BET series that's not on regular BET? That's true. It's not even on BET Plus. It's it, on BET Plus, 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 Negative. No. Anyway, so, but it'll be interesting to see what happens with this tell-all. I'm, I'm excited. Love, love, love during lock-up. Love. Let me do my whole tune. Oh, somebody done done me wrong. That's it. Okay, very, okay. Yep. All right, so, Love After Lockup. Sounded um, like T-Pain, didn't it? I'm confused with Love After Lockup. First episode of Love After Lockup, no acknowledgement of about the passing of Asante. And that first episode came out after his passing. But the second episode that just came out, they put the disclaimer up, but it's literally word for word. This was filmed before Asante passed. Like, it's not because apologies he, to the family, nothing like that. It's because, just, this, was, this happened before. Because he disappeared, and they didn't want people to think that he got killed while he, was dis- while he disappeared during Maybe. the show. So we get into the second episode of Love After Lockup. The couples are back. I just realized we didn't see uh, Karak and Brittany. Because Karak and Brittany going to have a big blow-up next episode. True. All right, so speaking Older. of Asante... Renika and Asante, we pick up right after Asante has ghosted her, basically. Pretty he, much. He, he, done, he, done, he done put her to sleep she, until this evening. According to Renika, they got back to the house, and she said they made love for hours. He, 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 put, he put she to sleep. She wakes up in the afternoon, and he's nowhere to be found. We know from the footage that Asante left in the dead of night at that some point. left like... Three in the morning. Listen, they didn't get... It's five o'clock in the remember, morning. Remember, she was shouting that she had stayed at the county off, off, jail place, whatever, till nine. Then they had to drive back to her place. Couldn't be that close to the house, right? So let's say they got back at the house 10, 11. If they made love for hours, what time do you think he left? Because it was still nighttime. Javon, first of all, they didn't make love for hours. Okay. <laughs> okay, let's just deaden that stupidity comment that she made right there. Mm-hmm. It's not my fault. A little bit of ding ding put you asleep for a couple it's, hours. Is two hours there four hours maybe? Maybe. Anyway. It seems like it was an hour. She went to sleep. Maybe 30 minutes tops. Okay. Either way. She he's went gone. to sleep. 
Either way, he's got 3 5 in the morning, something like that. He she, left. She wakes up in the afternoon. We see her leave the house, look around, look see if he, I don't know what she's looking for, but he's definitely not just walking around outside. Goes back in the house, immediately calls up her sister to complain. Her, Looking the like same a sister, skeleton. The same sister that was like, don't mess with this dude. <laughs> He's messing with a bunch of other chicks. Why do why why is she calling her anyway to make her right? To make want, herself look stupid. I don't know if you've noticed, but that is her go-to. She talks up Asante. They tell her that there's a lot of flags. She cusses them out. And then she calls them back to let them know, guess what? The flags are still here. Y'all some so, bitch asses. Bitch ass bitches. That's so, what you offer. Bitch ass fake bitches. According to <laughs> fake bitches. She's calling everybody. She's calling her sister. She calls her best friend, and they all tell her the same thing. We told you this. What are you doing? Um, I don't know. I, I just love him. I, I don't know. I don't know. I'm do God. I just love him. According to Renika, crackhead. Asante's been missing for a day and a half. <laughs> <laughs> so he left. Left. <laughs> A day and a half means that, like, that all that day and then the, into the next day, she still didn't see him. So she meets up with her bestie and they meet up with an investigator that I guess the best friend works with. Why? I think the, I think the show paid for that guy. It's so random. Anyway, the investigator shows up and apparently he's like, I'm here to help run some phone numbers, do some background checks with you, because I understand you have some questions about Something the Something they can do themselves. So, <laughs> she puts a lot of onus on this anti-girlfriend, right? Because <laughs> we, as the viewers, saw her get introduced to this auntie when she was trying to figure out where he was being released at. When she called the number for the auntie, that person was like, I don't know who you're talking about. I don't know anybody by that name. Then she calls that number again, and that person's like, yeah, I'm his aunt, blah, 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 blah. Then she calls that person again, and that person's like, no, I'm not his aunt, I'm his girlfriend. Oh. And we see a conversation that Asante has with a friend of his talking about how he's messing with somebody else and Renika, and is trying to get the two of them to pay for his bail, which is successful. That was successful. So... Then Renika is talking to this uh, private investigator who's trying to get information. He's like, all right, what names do you have? She's like, I don't got no names. Kinte. I, I have a phone number. So they do the phone number. He pulls up the name that belongs to the phone number. He's like, does the name look familiar? She's like, no, not really. Um, but then she's like, oh, but I have these texts. Asante used her phone to text this other woman that includes a full physical address of the other lady. No. Why is the investigator here? No. Think about that. For a second, ladies and gentlemen, this dude had the unmitigated goal, boldly, the balls to use her phone to contact another woman and put all other women's information on her phone, and then think twice to delete it or nothing. But also, didn't even care. She didn't do anything with it until she talked to the investigator. So didn't even care. I don't know why the investigator is even here because it's. Renika gave him all the information off her phone. It's not like he's hiding anything. No. Let me repeat. He's not hiding anything. I think the only thing they determined through the investigator is that auntie is 44. The name that comes up with that cell phone number that's attached to this auntie girlfriend person is belong allegedly belongs to somebody who's 44. Miss Jerry. And then Renika has the unmitigated gall to be like, this old sugar mama thinks she's got something on me just because she's been with him for two years and I've only been with him for 18 months. That's a year and six months, in case you did not know. Correction, darling. I don't want him. I just need him for a certain amount of time, baby girl. I'm looking for a high roller anyway. 
What I also love is that when Nika is talking to this investigator, she's like, yeah, he told me to pay his $3,000 bail minus the eleven forty that this other woman sent. Then you didn't pay $3,000. That's what that means. So she, so he would miss Auntie Boo. He would miss Auntie Boo. Mm-hmm. I feel like they're going to be the couple that stops, like you said. I think you're right. They're going to stop the Renika and Asante storyline. I don't think it's going to go that far. I think he's going to come back. They're going to fight. That's going to be it. We're going to get to the other couples. Because we still haven't seen the other two couples. Yeah. Um, I had an old lady hit up on me. You know me? This is random. It was, it's, it's scary. She was drinking, a, uh, I think it was a Bud Light. And then I had another old lady hit on me. And she was drinking Hennessy straight. I was like, Jesus Christ. That's, that's a lot. She's like, how you doing, young man? I'm like, I'm good. I was like, mm, damn, your voice deeper than mine. <clears throat> so, yeah, I'm just chilling here. See me trying to look all cute. I'm like, uh, you're trying to do a lot of things, but cute ain't one of them. And that's pretty much the end of the story. I insulted her a little bit. Um, me? Yes, you insulted me. Absolutely. How I insulted you? When do, they, when do these people have a chance to hit on you, Calvin? We've been married forever. I go out. People talk to me. Doesn't mean I talk to them. You go out? So, yeah. <laughs> I go like Asante go out? You ghost me? You disappear for days and uh, Let's be clear. I come back home the same night. <laughs> let's be clear. You got, I, a, you got auntie girlfriends out in these streets, I Calvin. come back home. You got let's, auntie let's girlfriends? You let's have auntie girlfriends in these streets? Let's be clear. I ain't texting nobody from your phone, leaving all this information, <laughs> doing great stuff. You got the, you got full, the password. Full house addresses. Full addresses. You got my cell phone. <laughs> so, and I think you probably got uh, a, a tracker on my phone anyway. So a tracker. <laughs> let's not get carried away. It's not away. on your phone. It's on your person. No, anyway. So, the point is. But, yeah. Uh, that old lady don't want him. That old lady just having a good time. And then when she's paying? done. Like, she, she did drop over a grand on him. That's a lot. Old ladies got money. They don't give a shit. <laughs> They don't care. That's bingo money. I see. Or uh, casino money. Mm-hmm. That's all it is. <laughs> Once you're done with him, okay, young she's man. She's 44. We're not that far away from 44. It's not like she's 64. She's 44. She's That's still it. working. And guess what? You know why he comes back? Because she's done with him. She's like, oh, you can go back to your girl now. I'll call you when I need you again. I That's just... why he comes back. I guarantee he comes back because the old lady's like, okay, you can you can go now. Oh, I just I have I'm so good. many more questions. Anyway, so the, but that's really it for Renika. We don't get anything else because they're trying to drag that out for as small of a story as that is. So that's it with that. Do you want to talk about Andy, Brittany, Chelsea, and Mikey? Andy, Brittany, because he's crying. Andy, Brittany, why Outside he... of a, a, a kid's party. So in case you don't remember, <laughs> Andy is the former cop turned truck driver turned alleged deadbeat dad who was in love with an inmate who was dealing he's with addiction. driver. Which was very similar to his ex. And his kids were like, this is not a good plan. And he was like, fuck these kids. It's a good plan. Um, he wow. Ta- he talked his son into coming with him to go get Brittany. He didn't say F those kids. He for sure did. Anyway. He did say screw him. He did. <laughs> <laughs> he said, okay, note the language. Anyway. Note the language. That's all. Brittany's finally out. It's, Br- it's Andy, his son, and Gracie, who is Brittany's eldest, that were waiting on the side of the road for this lady to come out of prison. She finally comes out. They make it back to the hotel, and there is conflict immediately. Like, her and Gracie are fighting in the car. Brittany can't understand why Gracie's upset. I've been pretty much being mom this whole time, Mm -hmm. and I just want some time to you, to myself, to catch up. 
and you don't have the time to do that. And then you wonder why I'm upset. Brittany alleges that Gracie's being very selfish and Gracie's like, what are you talking about? Because Gracie recently became of legal age to take care of her siblings. They've been in the system. They've been in the foster care system while she was dealing with her addiction issues. Like, but she's also talking to Gracie, like trying to take the role as mom. But this lady has not been a part of Gracie's life for like years. So they're they're kind of fussing and fighting. Gracie is confused as to why they're not heading straight to the party. She thought they were going to pick her up and head straight to her little brother's party. But that wasn't the case. They end up taking a detour, going back to the hotel. And then it's Brittany and Andy sort of spending time together. They jump in the pool. He takes her back to the room they were going to share so that she can get changed and get all her cash money gifts. Was the jumping in the pool like a new rejuvenation of freedom? I guess. It's also a five-foot pool. It's a little dangerous. Anyway, so... She baptized herself. Great. Gotcha. When she, she gets back to the hotel, changes, does, does whatever, and her and Grace have... Or Gracie have a conversation where Gracie's like, basically talking to her mom like, I don't know why you think I'm being too much right now. I haven't seen you in years. My plate has been so full. What are you even talking about right now? And Brittany... Her conversation with her daughter didn't make sense to me. Like, on the one hand, she tries to acknowledge that Gracie is upset, but she also is quick to dismiss why Gracie's upset. That's what crackheads do. I don't know. It just, it's, ah, uh, this poor girl. Oh, so, meth, they can't comprehend well. She just basically is like, yeah, I, I feel like you're acting out of character. I feel like you're expecting too much. I love you. That should be the end of it. And that's kind of what they do. And then she changes, they head downstairs, they take two separate cars to go to her son's birthday party. Which I kind of was like, that's the part when she, they were skirting out the, uh, I got confused uh-huh. That with that part. Mm-hmm. Um, now I know why they did that. Yeah, she wanted to leave him there. So, she, Brittany gets in the car with Gracie to head down, Andy and his son follow, they're following with the presents and the... The very interesting cake that Andy made for this child. Instead of just going buy a pub a Publix cake, you could have just got a sheet cake. Publix cake is delicious. So anyway, Safeway cake. Anything. So she, while they're on the road, Gracie is talking to her mom, and she's like, "Do you want Andy to meet the kids today?" And she goes, "No, he's not going to meet them," which throws all of us into confusion because they're all headed to the party right now. So how is that going to happen? When they get to the party. Gracie goes inside to go talk to her siblings. Brittany chills with Andy and is like getting the presents and the cake. Andy's like, all right, you want me to help you bring this in? And she goes, no, I need you guys to stay out here. No, the way she says like, no, you got to stay out here. Oh, oh, well, he's like, you want us to come inside? And she goes, no. <laughs> As like the wind, like the wind. She picks up, no, you got to stay out here. I told her, be out here for a little bit. I'm like, She's like, wow. I want to have you guys chill out here. You're not going to meet the kids. Like, like end the of wind. discussion. <laughs> and went in. And you, I can see his son's face. Andy's son's face is like. So what the hell are we gonna okay. do? Stand out here the whole time? I guess that's what we're gonna do. I'm like, first of all, second of all, he got kind of snipey with his son. I'm like, don't get mad at me. I'm not the one that got you on punchment outside. <laughs> what bitch. Is this? Not a punishment. You know not my fault. You look a fool out exactly. here. Exactly. Even my fault. It's two grown ass man like they kind of <laughs> predatorily looking predatory at a, kid. a <laughs> kiddies party <laughs> in a parking lot. Kind of weird, but. We're going to sit out here for two hours for two hours, and not hope the police don't stop by and ask us questions. 
And they just leave it at that. And Andy's like, I don't know if I made her mad. I don't know if whatever, whatever. On the one hand, I can understand that this is a lot to juggle, especially just getting out. You just got out. You've got a birthday party for your kids. You haven't seen your kids in years. It's a lot. But also, clearly, the the prioritizing also wasn't there either. The reason she didn't tell him at the hotel, she needed him to come, so she had ride back to the she hotel. She could have told him, and in my opinion, Andy would have did whatever he, she wanted him to do. So before she was released, she could have been like, hey, I want to take it slowly with introducing you to my kids. I appreciate you coming down to pick me up so we can see each other, but then I'm going to take off with my daughter for the rest of that afternoon, go see my kids, do the birthday party, catch up with my daughter, and we can talk the next day. She could have did that so that Andy and his son were either chilling at the hotel or doing whatever they want to do and then have a day for them to get together. Does, does it look like she has great critical thinking skills? <laughs> no. Okay. So, but she's also talking to Gracie about how she's worried about immediately moving in with Andy. The plan this entire time has been that when she gets out of jail, she's going to move in with Andy. And I thought she was going to bring the kids with her, but it sounds like she doesn't have rights to the kids. It sounds like these kids are still in the system. Why would you think she would have rights to the kids just getting out of jail? Well, because she mentioned that they went into foster care, but I wasn't sure if necessarily that meant that she didn't have her parental rights. But it sounds like she doesn't still. I'm pretty sure she doesn't. Yeah. So it's not because she makes a comment later about how like it's going to be a time thing with her being back with her kids. She mentions that the father of her children, fathers, whoever they are, they're the ones that are raising the kids right now. Even though Gracie also took on a mother role for these children, they're living with their father. So, Brittany moving in with Andy, it sounds like it's just going to be Brittany moving in with Andy. Everybody else is living somewhere else. Which, again, brings me back to that conversation she was having with Gracie in the other episode where she was like, how do you feel about Andy? And then Gracie being like, I think we're going to ruin the relationship too soon. What do you think that was about? I have no idea. I have more questions. But that's what's happening there. Because I don't know. Yeah. Because I don't know. I don't know. Because it could mean a lot of things. It could mean that they were trying to set him up to take advantage of him. Mm. It could be. She's trying to get the kids to maybe Gracie has to put in a good word for her to be able to get the kids to move in with him. She has to get the rights. So that would make sense to me if she still had parental rights. But it sounds so, like she doesn't have those. Like I said, so I, I wonder if it was a money thing. If she was know. like, have ask him for more money. I don't know. Maybe, maybe I don't know. I don't know. It's not good either way. Um. So now we have who we got. We got Chelsea. And Mikey, Melissa, and Louie. Melissa yeah, and Louie. That's it. Melissa and Louie. Pretty much, Melissa's with the mother from hell. If you don't remember, Melissa is the girl who was in love with her high school crush. This is not somebody she dated in high school. This um, is not somebody who I'm knew her in high school. I'm going to not say in love with her. Still in love with her high school I'm sorry, crush. Still in love with her high school crush. Thank you. It's, according to her, he was the hottest, most popular guy <laughs> in school. Everybody wanted to be with him. She never got the chance to. This dude and now looks she's like living her dream. He went to prison for a long time. We find out for, what was it again? For armed robbery? No. Meth. Well, we know drug use was a part of it, but. Robbery. It was robbery. He went to jail for a minute, for a while. And uh, they reconnected 
during that time period. Uh, there's also this whole thing with her about dressing up as a cheerleader. In Love During Lockup, she said she did that because he only dated cheerleaders when they were in high school. So she, she was trying to like live her fantasy of being a cheerleader and also be with the popular guy. Oh, wow. Yeah, exactly. When are we going to let high school go? Never. So now she's on the road with his mom, Donna, to go pick him up. It's release day. And she's three seconds from jumping out of her own car and just letting it roll into uh, a pole. Donna has left no qualms about the fact that she does not like Melissa. That old lady is gangster as hell. That old lady literally said, the hell with that little girl. To her face. <laughs> so, to her face. Through <laughs> you and your car. Basically. And she, how dare you get your daddy to call me to check me. She's barking orders at this girl. This girl is like, this is going to be the longest drive ever. And then she gets a call from her dad while she's driving. Her dad immediately says, put me on the phone with Donna. The way they made it sound what? is like him and Donna had like a prior think, relationship or yes, something. It did. It did feel like he and Donna were like maybe a thing prior, but I think her old. I think her dad tried to shoot a shot at Donna. I'm not even gonna lie to you. I wonder if that would have made her life easier. But anyway, probably. Her dad's like, make, look, give me to Donna. Donna picks up the phone and he basically just tears into Donna. He's like, you're gonna be a bitch to my daughter the whole way. <laughs> it's like, wow. Donna's okay. actually kind of turned on by that. She likes when a man talks to her in a stern She's manner. She's like, you know this is happening fast. I'm just making sure that yada yada blah blah blah. Hey, don't 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 promise me with a good time in 1945. <laughs> Not 1945. So anyway, um, they make it. They have to stay overnight at a at a hotel before they finally get to the prison for the next day. And the whole time, Donna's just like, I hate this girl. I hate this girl so much. <laughs> I hate this girl with all every fiber of my being. I hate this girl. Uh, and then they go back on the road day of for release day. Donna is in shambles. She's talking about how her son has been through so much as somebody who struggles with addiction. She definitely thought he wasn't going to live as long as he has. And she's worried for him now that he's getting out of prison about what it's going to look like for him coming into coming into recovery. At some point, you got to let let live, let live. Let whatever. She's not good at that. Very yeah, clearly. she has to let go. At some point, you gotta let go. She's barking orders again. They make it to the prison place to go pick up, <laughs> pick him up. He finally comes out. Donna is bawling. Melissa's excited, and immediately they are fighting for Louis's attention. Immediately. Yeah, I can't do it. Um, you see Louis go and greet his mom, gives her a hug, and then turns. Because Melissa's right there, turns just a little fraction of a side and starts making out with Melissa. And Donna is grabbing onto his arm, saying, All right, knock and it off. Louis has made it clear to his mom, he's going back to the hotel. <laughs> no matter what you say, old lady, also, I am going back to the hotel. Melissa has decided to wear the cheerleading outfit to pick him up. And we're going to do some cheers. She, she does a, a very interesting cheer for him that she's created. It's terrible. I'm going to see if I can make her do some somersaults, maybe some splits. Melissa told Donna, we're going to have some private time, you know, once once we get you settled. And Donna was like, no, you're not. Um, <laughs> and then, yeah, Louie's like, we're going, or so we're going back to the hotel. And Donna's like, no, we're going back to the house. And he's like, yeah, we'll drop you off. She was not happy about that. And that's where we leave it. They're on the road to go back to somewhere. Hey, Ma, it's one thing you can't give me, and I need it now. I need it stacked. 
it'll be very interesting to see how this works because immediately they're both clawing for his attention. And according to Louis, this is not this. This is par for the course for him. If he's, if he has a girlfriend, he usually also has to deal with his mother, and it's a juggling act. I've been around men for I don't know how many long, how long. Mm-hmm. It's time for some ladies. So crazy. Some actions. That leaves us with Chelsea and Mikey. Is really the shortest storyline. Mikey's still about to get out of prison. This is the storyline of Chelsea, who is deaf, and Mikey, who's a technically he's I think he's hard of hearing. He's losing his hearing, and I don't know if it's both ears or just one. Who cares? All I know is the only reason I like this deaf person because she tries to talk. Not this deaf person. Anyway. Yes. The point is, her and Mikey were in love during lockup in a previous season, and the whole thing was that Mikey was learning sign language to be with her. She's good with his moms. At the time, she was good with his moms. Her dad wasn't on board. He didn't like her being with a, a convict. And um, it was a whole situation of, where is Mikey going to stay? Because technically, he's supposed to be doing everything at his sister's house, which is in one part of the county, but she lives somewhere else. Same state, but a different county. And with probation, they're usually pretty strict about how far you can travel. So she's wondering how that's going to work. She also hasn't told Mikey that she doesn't have any intentions of having sex with him when he gets out. She says it probably won't be for another four four to six months. But doesn't say why. That's a long time. You don't have any guesses? No. Everybody aren't animalistic like you, I guess, or we are. Some people have what we call restraint. Did you say we are? Yeah. Okay. Some people have control. Self-control. That was really weird. Anyway, what? um it's very it's opposite uh, of what she said during love during lockup though. Well, she was she couldn't wait to climb on this man. Well, Louis's going to climb on something. He's an animalistic nature is going to get to the top and rise to the top, I guess. Rise to the top. And yeah. it'll be interesting to see what happens with this. She also has her son to think about. Her son, her youngest, is living with her still. She's got an older son and an older daughter, but they both live with their prospective fathers. Her youngest son is the only one that doesn't have a a relationship with his father, and she's hoping that Mikey can kind of fill that space for him. I don't know. Sure. Right. I'm just going to leave it alone. I'm so sick and tired of women putting their faith in these dudes that they don't know to be men around their kids. And then when it doesn't work out, they get mad at the man well, and not themselves. That's pretty much it. We didn't see Mikey come out at all. It's just all discussion about what she's doing to prepare for it. So we'll see. I guess we'll see in like the next episode what happens next. Yeah, she has nine outfits and ten shoes. <laughs> and that's it. That's it for Love After Lockup. Love After Lockup. Did you guys know that we have an email account? Email address is we like that dat podcast at gmail.com. Yes, we like that podcast at gmail.com. Go ahead and hit us up with what you are watching and see if we like that. Because we might like that. We really might. And we'd love to hear from you. All right, this week's Worth the Watch. We actually did two movies off of the 36 worst superhero movies of all time list. it's really not worth the watch. It's like, what not to watch? (laughs) (laughs) What what don't watch? The point was to see if if it was really that bad or if it's so bad it's good. Because Spawn is on here, and we both agreed that it's actually really good. 
Yeah. And you actually enjoyed the, the Michael Bay Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. It's all right. Yeah, it was okay. Yeah, it was good. It was all right. It was good. Yeah, it held up. It was better than what it got credit for back then. I'd say that. Oh, really? You think yeah. it was too harshly criticized before? Yeah. I disagree. But I'm going to say, okay. To a certain extent. Those turtles look insane, Calvin. Those turtles look insane. I get that. They have noses. Why? <sighs> why do they need noses? Okay. Since and why you... are they all blue-eyed? Okay, since you break it down like that, maybe I was being too nice. <laughs> <laughs> maybe it was horrible. I don't know. I was able to sit through it. Most of the criticism when it first came out was that it wasn't in tune with, like, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, like, the canon theme yeah, uh, aesthetic. Uh, okay, enough about turtles. But, yeah, I get what you're saying. But all I'm saying is I was I stayed through it. Right. It was easy to, it was easy to watch. It moved pretty fast. We, there wasn't moments where we were like, let's turn it off. But so. the two movies we previewed this week, I left both of them. Yeah. So we watched Zoom. Which came out in 2006. It was a Disney film that not, featured... Not the Commodore song. No. There's a Commodore song called Zoom? Yeah. Okay, anyway. Did they even put it in the movie? No. That song was nowhere in the film, right? No. Interesting. Anyway, so Zoom is a superhero movie. It is Tim Allen playing the lead. Tim Allen playing a speedster. So He's put like all of that the in there. Flash mixed He's... with silver. Quicksilver. Quicksilver. The movie says outright that he's faster than the flash superman and quicksilver combined insane but that's I, insane but he didn't that's use insane. the speed, uh, the, uh, the, the ski speedster uh pose to run so how was he faster he wasn't anyway so they of course he wasn't and then uh but basically it's him and a ragtag team of little kids who have super abilities so something happened and all some of these kids got gifts nothing happened so why does all these kids have these queer quirks, I should say? The movie doesn't do a good job of layering the origin story of how people got powers. But if you if you got to watch it more than once and maybe read the source material, it's based on book series. So sure. Tim Allen and his first generation of people, they were the first ever superheroes in that storyline. Yeah, I get it. They yeah. got hit with radiation. They called it an Omega event. What? what ha- why, why did they this, do this? Yeah, why did this radiation hit them? It what was happened? Because they were test subjects for the military. This was all a military test to see if they could make super soldiers. Okay. So people allowed the military to, to pretty much do experiments on their kids? Yes. That's a real life thing. LSD experiments? I'll get, I'll, we, can, we can deep dive into other stuff. But, Whatever. So that was the basis of that. And his first crew got their powers. They became a super team. But then um, the military wanted to up the ante. They wanted to make them stronger. So they hit him with an even higher dosage of, like, red radiation or whatever, which drove his brother insane. And his brother murdered his team. Okay. Okay. Then we're supposed to believe that it was such an ordeal, and he barely escaped it alive, Tim Allen's character, Mm -hmm. that he got into, like, a depression where he lost his powers. He had, like, a block on how to access his abilities. Except for a finger. A finger can move really fast, which is gross. Um, not for you. Gross. Then he gets tagged again by the military group because now they want to try to do it again, but I'm, ethically. But it's still little kids separating them from their families for I'm purposes of being military confused. weapons. 
So how did his brother end up in a vortex on another dimension? That they had to shoot him into space because he was a threat on Earth. That's how he killed the team. The team was trying to get him out and into space, and they died in the process, except for Tim Allen's character. They put him into a void. The void turns into a vortex. If they're this, this smart to do all this stuff, why do we need to make super soldiers? First of all, the fact that I had to watch this movie a lot to even get you all of that information, but nothing made sense. The way they pieced it, the way they paced it, nothing made sense. My whole sense. thing is, if they have that much technology or that smarts, why do we need to make super soldiers? Why not just make weapons? Because reasons, Calvin. We're making four, 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 four texas. What is it? A vortex? A vortex. A vortex. Vortex and all this stuff. I can't fucking talk today. I'm hungry. <laughs> I haven't eaten yet. Um, it is early. This is early for you to be hungry. All this stuff. Mm-hmm. It, 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 you don't need to experiment on kids. That's all I'm saying. It doesn't make sense to me. The if, they're, if they're this smart. Anywho, that's, ne- that's neither here or there. So I guess he was, he just outran everybody else to survive. That's what I'm thinking. The movie then somebody got to live to tell a story. The movie starts out by saying that he got hit with dose of radiation. That's how he got his powers. But then it backtracks. There's a moment where he's talking to little kids, where he talks about how when he was little, one leg moved faster than the other. You remember that part of the movie at all? Sure. He has a little side story with one of the teenagers about how he was actually born with an ability. Which conflicts with the fact that he got hit with radiation. They don't do anything to explain why he was both born with an ability and then also radiation. I guess he was special and then the radiation unlocked the power? I guess. Or made him stronger and faster? His story is one leg moved faster than the other so he'd run in a circle. Then he realized that if he focused, he could move both legs at that speed. He's about eight or nine in his story because he says he wants to go play with his friends. Then he, once he realized he can get both legs to do that, he would just think of where he wanted to be, and he would immediately be there. Which conflicts with the earlier story that he didn't have any powers until he got hit with radiation. So, and Sounds that's all like in the movie. he teleports, because he said he thinks it, and then he's there. We don't even see him use his ability till the end of the movie. And even then, it's not that fast. Like, the movie takes a lot, and I mean a lot, of time with the adults and not with the kids with the powers. It's all about the adults and what's happening with the adults. Courtney Cox is in it. We find out she's got a power at the end of the film. She can blow rainbows. And other things at the same time. Nope, just rainbows. I mean. just rainbows. But it doesn't make sense. She can blow rainbows. She's a, mm. There's a Wendy's scene. Like a long, a very long Wendy's scene. Oh, and they're ordering food in a spaceship? Yeah. Yeah, was, this movie was, uh, I give this movie three thumbs down. You, you give a lot of high praise. I give this movie a one. The only thing that made me laugh out loud was the joke they made about the kids being white. That was hilarious. Um, yeah, only give it a three. Because uh, so I, I it stayed deserves, for most of the movie. It deserves its rotten status. It's got a 4%. I can see why. It's terrible. So, um. I was lower than the 4% it got. I said three. You said three thumbs. Three out of what, 10? That's still yeah. higher than 4%. I don't know how percentages work. Okay. My brain is mush okay. right now. The other movie I forced Calvin to watch was Morbius, which is a more recent terrible film. I left that way earlier in the, in the movie. <laughs> I didn't even make it to the... Because here's the thing. 
when I knew that when I found out that uh, uh, Spider Man and none of the other people in the Spider Man universe, Spider Man universe, wasn't going to be in the movie, and then I saw he made a friend. I just automatically assumed that his friend was going to be the antagonist in the movie. Let me set this up for you. When Morbus, Morbius was first announced, there was a lot of hype around it because he's one of the fan, fan favorites in terms of like a gray character. Like, because he's technically, he comes in as a villain and then he kind of becomes an anti-villain as the story like progresses. a lot of anti-heroes. It really does. But um, the whole story around Morbius was like his love affair that he has. I don't know if it's Gwen Stacy, one of Spider-Man's no, love uh, interests. Felicia. 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 In the cartoon, it's a lady named Felicia who becomes Black Cat. Felicia. <laughs> but he's like this very passionate scientist who, in the comics... Love bats for some strange reason. Well, he liked their regenerative properties. He liked that they had abilities to heal themselves, and it's a whole, like, very much Dr. Lizard person. Sounds How like he had a bat fetish. Kind of. Seems like everybody in the Spider-Man universe has a fetish with uh, something. Some kind of insect and or animal or mud. Anyway. So in the cartoon, it gets hit by that little laser that turns the dock into croc, a dock ock, and then turns Spider-Man into Spider-Man and actually turns Morpheus into Morpheus. A laser turns Spider-Man into Spider-Man? You know the, the cryogenical thing they were doing in Spider-Man? The cryogenic experiment they were doing. Yeah, it was using this laser thing to to uh, focus the energy into stuff, and it was mutating stuff. Wait, so Doc Ock, Morbius, and Spider-Man are all in the same laboratory with their own respective insects and animals, and this laser just hits all of them at the same time? No, they were using this laser to do, to do their work. And for some reason, but all, all th- these animals... All three of them are in the lab at the same time? No. Different times. They're oh. all at NYU. Okay. Supposedly. Okay. Working in the pretty much working no, in the same lab. Note to self, don't go to NYU for anything. Yeah, they're working in the same lab, basically. Interesting. Because Mor- Morbius comes there like an exchange student or something. He starts working with Spider-Man. And he's working with bats. Mm-hmm. That laser hits one of the bats where they were doing one of the things uh-huh. and pretty much infuses the bats. The bat bites Morpheus. That's how he becomes who he is. Same thing with Spider-Man. Uh, spider came down from like the ceiling or something into that stream when that laser was shooting. So turns. in the animated series, you're saying they all based this on a laser initiating everything. Yeah. The, Interesting. Because the films and the comics, those, the spider is something they were testing on already. And then it bites him. So there's no laser. Doc Ock is him trying to infuse himself with technology. And Morbius... In the he was, comics, he was using, is him. He was using that same laser. I'll show you the, uh, the cartoon. Okay. The old, old cartoon, how all that stuff happened. I they pretty much was working in the same laboratory. He's talking about the 90s cartoon that used yeah, to be out. That Spider-Man. was actually really good. Yeah. Um, but in the comics, Morbius is just a scientist. There's no laser involved, but, but he is gene splicing on yeah. bats, and he gets bit by one. Okay. Um, the movie, though... It was terrible. Yeah, I know, <laughs> I know. Just now, we just took y'all all the way to Africa and then brought y'all back. It was. It had nothing to do with Morbius. It was terrible. M- Morbius starts out with them, him being sick. It's him as a little kid being sick. We find out he's got a best friend who also is sick. They suffer from the same blood disease where their blood does not coagulate. What that means is it doesn't clot and it doesn't get thick. <laughs> so they constantly need infusions, they apparently. They spend their whole life. 
How are you doing today? They make them look very sick, very frail, very pale. I'm fine. It didn't make sense. Then we find out that um, Morbius is a bully genius. First of all, he never calls his friend by his legal name. He's, his friend's like, oh, my name is Lucius. He goes, Milo? And that's the name that sticks. Oh, my the God. Movie. The whole time I thought the dude's name was Milo. Nope. His name is actually Lucius, but he's like, you're just the next Milo because these kids be rotating in this little place. Your name is Milo now because I only have the energy to say. In the first, like, 10 Milo. minutes of the film, they want to establish that Morbius is very smart. So they have a situation where they, he gets introduced to the new kid, Lucius, a.k.a. Milo. Instantly dies. Little kid just falls over. <laughs> And he's, and he's like, he yells for a nurse once in a medical facility. Nurse. And then he decides he's going to take it upon himself to try to fix the machine that's supposed to be cycling this blood. He takes out a pen. He uses the spring from a pen. He just sticks it in the machine. It works. I understand why the nurse didn't hear him scream. He's very tired and has no energy. But so he, he, but he screams that shit. He does not say very softly, nurse. He yells it. And remember, after that, he says nothing because he has no more energy left. <laughs> he <laughs> almost kills himself getting out that bed to no, fix that doesn't. machine. No, he does He just yes, makes sure he he's fine. Next scene is him talking to the doctor in a chair. No longer hooked up to a machine. Morpheus, you're very smart. I don't know why we needed to establish that he was an engineer wizard. He's supposed to, to be a scientist. Like, he's supposed to be a, to NYC. a, a DNA phlebotomist expert. Anyway. First of all, it starts, the movie starts off stupid. He cuts his hand near a bat cave with millions of bats in it. And I did not know bats were so attracted to blood. They're not. But apparently they are to his blood because they come flying out that cave. He's looking for a specific type of bat that feeds on blood only from animals. According to him, this type of bat has anticoagulants, which means it'll help with the clotting of the blood, in their streaming system in order for them to digest it. I don't know why. Why? Then very detailed. Then, so he then he just collects them. How did he even collect them? First of all, how do you know which bat and where it resides to do that? Nothing makes sense. Um, but they want to really establish he liked bats a lot, and he couldn't eat blood a lot. He, they also established in there that he already created a a duplicate blood source. He's got his own plasm that he creates. It's an artificial blood. That apparently is saving people. It's it's blue. Why did we need that? Um, I just like to say all the bats are in Peru, South America, somewhere. That's what I like to say about that. It was he create. They established that he's created all this stuff, but he's withering. Also, he's still a very frail, pale man. I have to find a cure for my disease. The movie is so confusing. The buildup before the movie was released was that this was going to tie into the multiverse. They heavily promoted that Michael Keaton's vulture was going to be in the film. He was, was. going to talk to him and everything. Like well, there's a scene where they're dragging Michael Keaton's vulture into one of the prison whatevers. And he stops the guards to speak to Morbius directly. And it's like, we need to team up. That never happened in the actual film. Do they team up in any other universe? No. Okay. <laughs> so, but Sony was like really trying to lean into Spider-Man is ours. So we want to show you that not only can we get Venom, not only can we get Spider-Man, we're going to have Morbius, we're going to have Vulture, we're going to have the whole team. Because they also were trying to do Sinister Six. 
Which is what Vulture is a part of. Morpheus is not part of Sinister Six. He is not. So then. That's like Doc Ock. Right. Rhino. Rhino. The Bolt dude. The Vulture. Vulture. The Lightning uh, Guy, right? Uh, Electrode. Right. Um. And who else? We already said Doc Ock, right? Is it? It's not Venom. Is it Venom? Who's the no, other? No, it's not Venom. Is it Carnage? It's not. Car- it's none of the symbiotes that are a part of Sinister Six. I can Google this. I have a computer. No, I don't think it's Carnage. Anywho, back to the movie. Also, there's a part of the movie that Javon really didn't see that I, I guess, just put pieced together because of the situation. So there's a scene is when uh, Milo after Morpheus gets his powers. <clears throat> And he's trying to go, trying to see how long he can go without blood before he turns. Craven? Yeah. Yeah. Mysterio Sandman Vulture. Mysterio. Yeah. So, um, he, his friend Milo walks in. What's his real name? Lucius walks in. Yes. That's the original song is Rolls Royce. You did not know that? Wow. We're going to have to reshoot this. Um, anywho. He walks in, sees uh, Morpheus in a chamber that he puts himself in. Because Morpheus is trying to stay along. He can go without blood before he turns into that uh, vampire, bad version of of himself and wants to kill everybody. Milo comes in. So, Craven. Oh, God. Craven's not in here. Morpheus, at some point, leaves wherever he was. Where was he before that? The boat. The boat. So he takes the two ser- this the serum he made is two different vials. He takes both of them, goes back to his old lab, pits them in like a container. His friend comes in, sees him in the, the chamber. It's like, okay, this is crazy. And then Morpheus paints on the wall. He needs blood. He goes, gets the blood. But sometime between that, his friend steals one of the vials that he has. And he becomes the same thing that Morpheus becomes this vampire thing. And then for the rest of the movie, they're fighting each other. Pretty much that's the whole movie right there. No. <laughs> but okay, anyway. To the me, movie didn't make sense. That's when I left. The movie introduces Milo, who's not a character from the comics. The movie introduces Maria, which is one of his assistants. I don't know if she exists in the comics. I don't know if she becomes the female version of Morbius. I'm just saying nobody in, in this Oh, Martine, I'm sorry. Not part Martin. of the comics. It, it, I didn't even realize there was supposed to be a romance going on between Morbius and Martine. You didn't pick that up? No. They don't have any chemistry with each other. That's just because you don't have chemistry don't mean you're not trying to get it. <laughs> but he wasn't. Anyway, it didn't make sense. It nothing made well, sense. he might have not been, but he she had, was. He had more chemistry with Milo. I thought those two were supposed to get together. He was stroking Milo really close. They were just like within lip space of each other the whole movie. My friend, I will find a cure. I don't think this movie. I don't think they understood what makes Morbius popular as a character for the Spider-Man universe because they hit none of the notes. They hit none of the notes. His suffering about being something that has to live off of blood is a huge part of his character. It's a huge part of his character. The fact that he has to rely on human blood. To survive. All I can say is the movie sounded like uh, critique. It was all over the place. <laughs> That's all I can tell you. <laughs> it was bad. It was bad. I understand why people were like, this is hot garbage. So when Morbius came out, like I said, they had all of these trailers and previews that included scenes that are not in the film whatsoever. 
if you manage to get through all of Morbius at the very end, they throw in a scene with Michael Keaton. It's it's hinted at that it's during the time period of Spider-Man, I want to say No Way Home, where the multiverse is happening. He made he made that crazy wish where everybody who knew he was Spider-Man still remembers. So all of the characters start crossing over. So all of a sudden you see Vulture appear in a jail cell that's empty. And then you see a newscast saying, hey, this dude showed up in an empty cell. And they show him being taken away. Next cutscene is Vulture in the Vulture outfit, not Michael Keaton's voice, talking to Morbius, saying, hey, we need to team up against a web slinger. And he goes, sure. Why would he do that? The whole movie set up how he's a good guy. Why would he suddenly be like, yeah, let's go kill this web slinger? Yeah, I was not <laughs> listening to anything you just said. I was in my own head, in my own world. Goodness gracious. Just like this movie. So I left maybe... Not even halfway through. 30 minutes into the movie, I just left. Because it was just too much talking. Sick people get on my nerves. Not sick people get on your nerves. The only part that I like is when his note from Morpheus, Milo's note from Morpheus flew out the window and he went outside. I don't know how he got outside so fast to go get the note. For somebody who's supposed to be sickly. Yeah. Yeah. And these kids were out there and they started bullying him. And he almost killed this kid with his, with his crutches when he hit him in the face. That was the best part of the movie. The guy who plays Milo, a.k.a. Lucius, is a guy named, an actor named Matt Smith who's known for being the 11th Doctor for Doctor Who. I'm pretty sure you're the only person that knows that. Uh, a lot of people know who he is. Because he's also in um, the Game of Thrones sequel, House of, House of the Dragon. He's also in that. More people might know that. Okay. But the point is, he's actually a very talented actor. And he was carrying this film by himself. Was he really? Yes. I could care less about what was happening with Jared Leto. I didn't. I don't. This this Jesus Morbius thing they were trying to give us was was very confusing. Yeah. Do you think that was because of who he is? Doesn't he have his own cult or something? He does. Yeah. So was he playing up to that too? Because there's a lot of I don't know weird scenes or the way they cut things sometimes to make him try to look historic like almost godly i don't know it's it's very confusing because oh, he also, maybe just the way he looks jared letter was was clocked to be the next joker he's supposed to be the next big heath ledger interpretation of joker like people really like his snyderverse characterization of the joker i don't know why but they really like it but then because that didn't go anywhere now he got heralded to be morbius and that went terribly. It did terrible in theaters. People made fun of it so bad. It trended on Twitter. And Sony was like, oh, maybe it's so bad it's good. Let's put it back in the theaters. So they put it back in the theaters for another run. It made even less money. They had to pull it right back out. <sighs> and then Jared Leto had a video he posted to say that he was in on the joke. He, they made a fake script called It's Morbin Time. And he was like, this looks great. Tell, call my agent. It was terrible. Also, they gave Morbius a power where he can control bats like a mech suit. That's why people kept calling it Morbin time. Also, I came back to the part where he started floating randomly. He, yeah. So the powers they give Morbius, strength, speed, echolocation. He has eyeballs. 
He doesn't need echolocation. Also, the way he uses it is not echolocation. Echolocation is you make a noise and you're supposed to be able to hear what it bounces off of of, so you know if you're too close to something or far away from something, that kind of thing. His echolocation worked as a force field. It worked to help him fly. It worked for anything and everything he wanted to do. It was hockey. He could use it to fight. If he wanted to zero in on a, a specific conversation, that's not what echolocation does. But yeah, uh-huh, sure. Also, they would make his eyes cloud over when he was using his ability. And I don't know why they did that. Because that's him going into vampire mode, Javon. Don't you not, do you not get it? Why did his face change then? Was what, what mode is that? Not vampire mode? I am now the unhuman undead. I feel like they had a lot of ideas and they were like, we're going to put all of the ones that we think visually look good. We don't care about what the story is. So. It's obvious Morbius. That's what they did. <laughs> I think that should be the last movie we do off this list. I don't know if I could take any more. The rest of these I've seen and either I didn't think they were that bad or I'm just never going to watch them. There's a movie on here called Thunder Force. It was a female-led superhero movie with Octavia Spencer and... Yeah. What's her face? On, Ma- um, McCarthy. It's on Tubi. It's not on Tubi. It's on Netflix. It's on Tubi, too. No, it's not. Yes. No, it's not. You're okay. a liar. I'm okay. going to Google that. Because it's Netflix-owned. They don't put their stuff on Tubi at all. Okay. Then we've got Judge Dredd, which I've seen. And it's the 95... I It's the 95... I With Sylvester Stallone. I constantly get that movie mixed up with the other movie Sylvester Stallone did with... Man. With who? Demolition Man. Is that the one with Wesley? Yes. Yeah, yeah I get those two confused all I the time. I already knew what you were going to say. I get those two confused all the time. Don't know why. Bulletproof. Do you remember Bulletproof? I got to see the, the thing. Bulletproof. Yes, yes I've it seen It was that. the white people who out karate and martial arted martial the Asian people. Without even knowing it. Absolutely. That was that one. Blade Trinity, which is the third Blade movie. It is not good. It's Ryan Reynolds. It's Jessica Biel. It's Wesley Snipes. Oh, and he tells me at the end, you already have your... God is going to lead you into the future. You don't need me, Dracula. <laughs> the way they set it up was like Blade was under performing as a superhero. So he needs assistance by, from these two white people. And it was really supposed to be a jump off for Jessica Biel's character to be like a the no, next big thing. I think the movie was more about everybody's tracking Blade. The government, everybody wants him. No, that's the story. I'm talking about why they did it. It was oh, supposed okay. to be a spinoff so that they could launch these other characters. And it did terribly. <sighs> did terribly. However you want to feel about Wesley Snipes, he's a very interesting person. But that man has done a lot of movies that are very iconic. <laughs> and Blade, the first one, and even into the second one, is one of them. He's the first one to go straight to uh, DVD. He to do DVD movies. Okay. A lot of his things are straight to DVD movies. Okay. Why does that make him the first one? Because he pretty much found a niche. So did Vivica. Vivica A. Fox. That's, when Hollywood stopped calling her up, she was like, forget it. I was doing my own self. And she, that's what she did. She did the same thing. She did uh, all a, bunch of, a bunch of films. She still produces and directs movies that go either straight to streaming or straight to DVD. Whatever. Sure. Anywho. Green Lantern. I saw once. I never need to see it again. Have you ever seen Green Lantern? I saw it in pieces. <sighs> but like you basically see- have seen it. All these movies and pieces. It's so long. It doesn't make sense. Uh, Suicide Squad, I actually enjoyed. I did. I hated it in the theater. I'm not going to lie. I was like, I want to leave. But after the theater, I can rewatch Suicide Squad and still have a good time. 
I don't think I've ever watched it since the theater. Mm-hmm. That's fair. It's all over the place. It doesn't make sense. It's misogynistic and racist. Leave it right there. And then we also have Ghost Rider with Nicolas Cage, Always the first on one. I liked this one. I actually liked Ghost Rider when it came out. Sure. Whatever. Moving on. <laughs> Fantastic Four, the first Fantastic Four from 2005. I highly enjoyed. I own it on DVD. Sure. Sure. Don't remember it. Yes, you do. The Rock, The Thing. Not The Rock, The Thing. Yeah. Jessica Alba. Yeah. You remember it then? I get it confused with the Silver Surfer one. Well, it's the same characters. Yeah, I just get it This confused. one is them getting the powers. They go, they all are NASA affiliated, including the thing, not like the other fan four stick where he's just a random guy they brought. He's actually an astronaut, and they're going to exp- explore this new plane. They get into their incident. They all get their abilities when they come back. Johnny is a human torch. <laughs> Robocop 2. We Which watched that. I think was better than Robocop 3. Okay. But apparently Robocop 3 is lower on this list. Right. Robocop 3 made more money commercially. For whatever reason, more of more audiences watch that than yeah, they watch this Because you make one. more money doesn't mean you're a good movie. You still could be crap. <laughs> Batman v Superman. Don't Dawn of me. Justice. I don't think I've ever watched that. Yes, you have. We watched it. We streamed it just to see what the hype was about. And it was so long. That's where Batman stabbed. Superman with that spear. He stabbed. Him, I don't know. He stabbed him with a spear. I thought they were wrestling. Oh well. Yeah, I don't remember it. Moving the on. point is, they both said Martha. That was that whole thing. And I and we pointed out how much they wanted Superman to be Jesus because they just kept showing him everywhere. Then Punisher. I've seen this. I don't know if you've seen this Punisher. I've seen Punisher in sections. This Punisher has Thomas Jane and John Travolta. This was actually the first Punisher film that they did. I actually liked it. It was pretty good. And then Punisher Warzone, you have seen. This is the Punisher where he just blows people up. He don't care. Everybody getting shot. Ready to eat for everyone. Pretty much better than the first one. It really was. It wasn't that bad. And so that's all the movies, everything else that we've already talked about. For what to watch. We're about to get into spooky season. I'm going to make Calvin watch a bunch of horror films next. My life will suck <laughs> for at least 40-some days. No. Thank you for listening to We Like That Podcast. Because we like that. Remember to subscribe, give us five stars, and tune into more chaotic episodes. I'm Javon. I'm Calvin. Until next time. Later, people. Oh, yeah.